Chapter 51 of Pilgrimage to Al Madina and Mecca. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Chapter 51 of Personal Narrative of a Pilgrimage to Al Madina and Mecca by Richard Francis Burton. Appendix 7 notes on my journey by a sprenger in the map to a former edition of the pilgrimage captain burton's route from medina to mecca is wrongly laid out owing to a typographical error of the text from wadi laymoon to mecca southeast forty five degrees see volume two page one fifty five ante whereas the road runs southwest forty five degrees or as hamdani expresses himself in the commentary on the qasida rod between west and south and therefore the setting sun shines at the evening prayer your face being turned towards mecca on your right temple the account of the eastern route from medina to mecca by so experienced a traveller as captain burton is an important contribution to our geographical knowledge of arabia it leads over the lower terrace of najd the country which muslim writers consider as the home of the genuine arabs and the scene of arabic chivalry as by this mistake the results of my friend's pilgrimage which though pious as he unquestionably is he did not undertake from purely religious motives have been in a great measure marred i called in eighteen seventy one his attention to it at the same time i submitted to him a sketch of a map in which his own and burckhardt's routes are protracted and a few notes culled from arabic geographers with the intention of showing how much light his investigations throw on early geography if illustrated by a corrected map and how they fail to fulfil the object if the mistake is not cleared up the enterprising traveller approved of both the notes and the map and expressed it as his opinion that it might be useful to append them to the new edition i therefore thought proper to recast them and to present them herewith to the reader at sufaina burton found the baghdad caravan the regular baghdad mecca road of which we have two itineraries the one reproduced by hamdani and the other by ibn khordadbe Qodama, and others leads to the left of sufaina and runs parallel with the eastern medina mecca road to within one stage of mecca we find only one passage in arabic geographers from which we learn that the baghdadlis as long as a thousand years ago used under certain circumstances to take the way of sufaina yakut volume three page four o three says sufaina sufaina a place in the aelia highland within the territory of the sulaymites lies on the road of zobeda the pilgrims make a roundabout and take this road if they suffer from want of water the pass of sufaina by which they have to descend is very difficult the ridges over which the road leads are called asiter and are described by yakut volume three page thirty eight as a range of red hills flanking sufaina with defiles which serve as passes burton volume two page one twenty eight describes them as low hills of red sandstone and bright porphyry zobaida whose name the partly improved 
partly newly opened Hajj road from Baghdad to Meccabore was the wife of Caliph Harun, and it appears from Burton, pages 134 and 136, that the improvements made by this spirited woman as the wells near Qadir and the Birkat tank are now ascribed to her weak, fantastical and contemptible husband. Burton's description of the plain, covered with huge boulders and attached rocks, page 131, puts us in mind of the Felsenmere of the Odenwald. Yakut, volume 3, page 370, describes the two most gigantic of these rock pillars, which are too far to the left of Burton's road than that he could have seen them. Below Safina, in a desert plain, there rise two pillars so high that nobody, unless he be a bird, can mount them. The one is called Amud, column of Alban, and the place Alban, and the other Amud of Asaf. They are both on the right-hand side of the regular road from Baghdad to Mecca, one mile from Ofai'iya, a station on the regular road which answers to Safina. Such desolate, fantastic scenery is not rare in Arabia, nor close to the western coast of the Red Sea. The Fumara, from which Burton, page 138, emerges at 6 a.m. September 9th, was crossed by Burkhart at Khulois, and is a more important feature of the country than the two travellers were aware of. There are only five or six wadis which break through the chain of mountains that runs parallel with the Red Sea, and at these, proceeding from south to north, Wadi Nakhla, Wadi Laymoon in the first, and this Fumara the second. Early geographers call it Wadi Emej, or after a place of some importance situated in its lower course, Wadi Seya. Hamdani, page 294, says, Emej and Ghuran are the two wadis which commence in the Harra, volcanic region of the Beni Sulaim, and reach the sea. The descriptions of this wadi, compiled by Yakut, volume 3, pages 26 and 839, are more ample. According to one, it contains 70 springs. According to another, it is a wadi which you overlook if you stand on the Shirat, the mountain now called Jabal Sobh. In its upper course it runs between the two Hamia, which is the name of two black volcanic regions. It contains several villages of note, and there lead roads to it from various parts of the country. In its uppermost part lies the village of Feria with date groves, cultivated fields and gardens, producing plantains, pomegranates and grapes, and in its lower course, close to Seya, the rich and populous village of Mehaye. The whole Wadi is one of the Arad, oasis-like district of Medina, and is administered by a lieutenant of the governor of that city. Yakut makes the remark to this description, I do not know whether this valley is still in the same condition, or whether it has altered. Though we know much less of it than Yakut, we may safely assert that the cultivation has vanished and the condition has altered. At Zariba, Boribe, Burton and his party put on the Ihram, pilgrim garb. If the Baghdadlis follow the regular road, they perform this ceremony at Dzot, 
Irq, which lies somewhat lower down than Doribe, to the southeast of it, and therefore the rainwater which falls in Doribe flows in the shape of a torrent to Zat Irq, and is thence carried off by the northern Nakhla. Above the station of Zat Irq, there rises ridges called Irq. Up these ridges the regular Baghdad road ascends to the high plateau, and they are therefore considered by early geographers as the western limit of Najd. Omera, a Pud Yekut, volume 4, page 746, says, All the country in which the water flows in an easterly, northeasterly direction, beginning from Zat Erk, as far as Babylonia, is called Najd and the country which slopes westwards from Zod Arq to Tehama, the coast, is called Hejaz. The remarks of Arabic geographers on the western watershed and those of Burton, volume 2, pages 142 and 154, illustrate and complete each other most satisfactorily. It appears from Yerkut that Fumara, in which Burton's party was attacked by robbers, takes its rise at Gomair, close to Zat Erq, that there were numerous date groves in it, and that it falls at Bostan ibn Amir into the Nakhla, wherefore it is called the northern Nakhla. The southern Nakhla, also called simply Nakhla, a term which is sometimes reserved for the trunk formed by the junction of the southern and northern Nakhla from Bostan ibn Amir downwards, is on account of its history one of the most interesting spots in all Arabia. I therefore make no apology for entering on its geography. In our days it is called Wadi Laimun, and Burkhart, volume 1, page 158, says of it, Zaymet is a half-ruined castle at the eastern extremity of Wadi Laimun, with copious springs of running water. Wadi Laimun is a fertile valley, which extends for several hours towards west in the direction of Wadi Fatme, anciently called Botan Mar, or Mar Zahran, which is, in fact, a continuation of Wadi Nechla. It has many date plantations, and formerly the ground was cultivated, but this, I believe, has ceased since the Wahhabi invasion. Its fruit gardens, too, have been ruined. This, he means the village Laimun, compare Burton, volume 2, page 147, is the last stage on the eastern Syrian Hajj route. To the southeast, or east-southeast, of Wadi Laimun is another fertile valley called Wadi Medik, where some Sharifs are settled, and where Sharif Qalib possessed landed property. Note, Medik is Burton's El Mazik, the spelling in Arabic being Madriq. Burkhardt's account leads us to think that the village now called Madriq, or Wadi Laimun, lies on the left bank of the Fumara, and is identical with the Bostan ibn Amir, which is described by Yakut as situated in the fork between the northern and southern Nakhlas, and which in ancient times had, like the village of Wadi Laimun, the name of the valley of which it was the chief place, namely Batum Nakhla. Burton gives no information on the position of the village, but he says, on the right bank of the Fumara stood the Meccan Sharif State Pavilion. Unless the pavilion is separated from the village by the Fumara, there is a discrepancy between the two accounts, which leads me to suspect 
that the right is an oversight for the left. Anciently, Nechle was pronounced Nechlet, and if we suppress the guttural, as the Greeks and Romans sometimes did, Nalat. Strabo, page 782, in his narrative of the retreat of Aelius Gallus, mentions a place which he calls Malotha, and of which he says it stood on the bank of a river, a position which few towns in Arabia have. The context leaves no doubt that he means Button Nachla, and that Malotha is a mistake for Nalotha. In the commentary on the Qasida Rod, Wadi Nechla, as far as the road to Mecca runs through it, is described as follows. From the ridges with those whose declivity the western watershed begins, you descend into Wadi Baubet. It is flanked on the left side by the Serot Mountains, on which Tayif stands, and contains Qornul Menazil, once the capital of the Minaeans, the great trading nation of antiquity. Three or four miles below Qarn is Masjid Ibrahim, and here the valley assumes the name of Wadi Nechla. At no great distance from the Masjid, there rise on the left-hand side of the Wadi two high peaks called Jebel Yesum and Jebel Kafu. Both were the refuge of numerous monkeys who used to invade the neighboring vineyards. As you go down Wadi Nechla, the first place of importance you meet is Azayma. Close to it was a garden which, during the reign of Muqtadir, belonged to the Hashemite prince Abdullah, and was in a most flourishing condition. It produced an abundance of henna, plantains, and vegetables of every description, and yielded a revenue of 5,000 dinar mithqals, about 2,860 pounds, annually. A canal from Wadi, the river Nakhla, feeds a mountain which jets forth in the midst of the garden, and lower down a tank. In the garden stood a fort, which in a dilapidated condition is extant to this day, and spoken of by Burckhardt. It was built of huge stones, guarded for the defence of the property of the Banu Sa'd, and tenanted by the servants and followers of the proprietor. Below Azayma is Sabuha, a post-station where a relay of horses was kept for the transport of government dispatches. To give an idea of the distances, I may mention that the post stages were twelve Arabic miles asunder, which on this road are rather larger than an English geographical mile. The first station from Mecca was Moshesh, the second Sabuha, and the third was at the foot of the hill Yesum. The author of the commentary from which I derive this information leaves Wadi Nechla soon after Sabuha and turns his steps towards the holy city. He mentions the steep rocky pass, up which Burton toiled with difficulty, and calls it Oraik. Though he enters into many details, he takes no notice of the hill-girt plain called Sola. This name occurs, however, in an Arabic verse, Apud Yakut, volume 2, page 968. 
in summer our pasture grounds are in the country of nakhla within the districts of azaima and sola in wadi fatima burckhardt found a perennial rivulet coming from the eastward about three feet broad and two feet deep it is certain that wadi fatima formerly called wadi maur is a continuation of wadi nakhla and Yakut considers in one passage Nakhla as a subdivision of Mar, and in another Mar as a part of Wadi Nakhla. But we do not know whether the rivulet, which at Azaima seems to be of considerable size, disappears under the sand in order to come forth again in Wadi Mar, or whether it forms an uninterrupted stream. In ancient times, the regular Baghdad Mecca road did not run down from Zod Irq by the northern Nechla, which Burton followed, but it crossed this wadi near its northern end and struck over to the southern Nechla as far as Qornul Merazil, which for a long time was the second station from Mecca instead of Zat Irq. End of section 51. Recording by Nicholas James Bridgewater. Recorded in London, England.